they 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 knew i i know for certain they knew they wanted something special they knew it and 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 the real evidence of that and i'm going to steal something i'm going to was going to say later but i'll mention it now of that for my dad in particular was if you look at the, the common thread throughout the initial success that they both experienced, my dad went on to experience, hmm. some of it, quite surprisingly, goes back to Windsor and Egan. Yeah. And what I mean by that is, is two things. The players who yeah. ended up at Woking and probably more importantly, the, the ethos and the style of play. Because I can promise you this, the good Windsor and Egan team, go and watch the good St Albans team, go and watch the good Yeovil team, go and watch that Woking team that time. You would not be surprised to think, hold on a minute, this is some of this is a bit familiar. Welcome to the latest episode of Wearing the Red and Green. In this week's show, I speak to Rob Lippier, son of the late Colin Lippier, and nephew of our former manager Brian Caterer. Rob shares some brilliant stories about his dad and uncle from their time at Stag Meadow and their deep affection of Windsor and Eton, to, in Colin's case, becoming one of the most successful managers and coaches in non-league football. I hope you enjoy the episode. Rob, thank you so much for joining the podcast. It's brilliant to have you on, mate. How are things? Yeah, not bad, thank you. Um, bit of man flu as, as we get down again, but um, battling through it. Uh, everyone that knows me will tell you all I do is moan about it, but um, I'm here. I'm still still walking and talking. That's okay? the main thing, right? That's the main thing. Well, listen, yeah. we appreciate we appreciate you um, you coming on. Yeah, it's, it's, I have to say it's a huge honour, genuinely. I mean that um, for you to ask me because obviously the opportunity to represent my dad and Brian on any occasion, I always jump at it. Um, and I listen to your podcasts, podcasts, as you know, I'm a big fan, yeah, um, as I am of your book. Um, and actually, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm almost humbled really because obviously you've been interviewing players, and here you are talking to a lowly son of an ex coach. <laughs> so, anyway, it's an honor, is what I'm saying. Oh, thank you. No, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. But that just means that you can give an unfiltered view. Of, of the stories um you know without any kind of my mm, best not say that so it's it's great it's great yeah and it's 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 a strange one isn't it because obviously you know when you're a family member of, of someone involved in, in any sport whatever it might be or business even um i've got my own view and, and it's very important to put across as well that you have to remember that my earliest memories of Windsor and football club <laughs> i was about six to start with <laughs> So I think I think we're talking 1977, something like that. I was, so I was born in 71. So, uh, yeah, I, some of my memories were sort of what a six-year-old would remember. <laughs> and obviously what this I is going to be entertaining. It's going to be entertaining. <laughs> now, listen, I guess a quick explanation then for listeners. So obviously, um, clearly people will recognise you're the son of Colin. But also for those that may not know that you're the nephew of Brian Caterer, former manager as well. So it's, you know, just great that, we can talk about Colin and Brian this evening. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, and uh, as I said right at the beginning, that's that's the other privilege here is to, uh, in some way, represent Brian as well. Who again, I'll, um, I'll I'll enlighten you on a few things hopefully as we go through this. <laughs> looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. So listen, so let, I guess that's the the best place to start. So, how would you describe both your father and and Brian as well? 
Um, <clears throat> as people, um, I would say they were quite similar, actually, in, in some ways. Um, both very humorous, or at least yeah. they thought they were. Um, certainly that was true of my dad. You know, they, they, they liked, um, I guess, an unkind verdict might be they liked the sound of their own voice. But obviously, when you're um, in football management and coaching, you can't be a shrinking violet, can you? Yeah. Um, with as regards to my dad, my dad loved his music. Um, with Eddie Cochran, Buddy Holly, often heard on, on in his car, um, and lots of '80s stuff. Uh, some of which I don't really want to recall. Um, <laughs> both football mad. Yeah. Both Chelsea supporters, uh, and I, I would sometimes go. Yeah, I would sometimes go. To, uh, I, I always hear myself say to people when they say, oh, you support Chelsea, I hasten to it. I'm not a glory hunter because I was going in the 70s uh, when, let's be honest, they were terrible at times. And, um, you know, I've got some really fond memories of going with a pair of them, for example, to um, to Loftus Road, yeah. uh, normally on a boxing day. Uh, back then, QPR, and those of you that remember Chelsea, or the followed of those two clubs, we sort of went up and down in the leagues, the old first and second division as it was then. Yeah. Um, and I was a huge um, Chelsea fan, obviously. I, I had no choice. Um, I didn't choose, I like, not like these youngsters today that choose just the team that's at the top of the table. <laughs> but I'll put that, that bitterness to one side. Um, yeah, but really, two great people, great people, managers, both of them. Um, my dad, obviously, I'm biased, but he was a great, great dad, uh, great yeah. husband, great grandfather, great, great, great grandfather. And, um, you know, someone that like Brian, when they when they were around, you knew. Yeah. Um, I would say if I was being brutally honest, um, the same I'll touch on a bit later. But um, my dad had a bit of short fuse sometimes, um, especially if he lost a football match. Um, <laughs> very passionate, as I say. So yeah, the pair of them, you, they, they were brother-in-law. You could almost say at that time they were my brothers. Really, you know, they were that they were that close. You know, they were they were very for, for a long time. They were very, very close. Um, not as close as Brian and my dad's sister were, if you get my gist. Yeah. Um, but yeah, very close indeed. And 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 hopefully the people that listen to your podcast and knew both of them, you know, again, not everyone's gonna like everyone, are they? But hopefully, you know, that sort of I'd like to think that mirrors their own experience of the pair of them. Yeah, hundred percent. hundred percent. And for both of them, what was like um in terms of their playing careers what were what were what were their playing careers i know brian obviously had a very successful um spell at, i think was it cheshire when he got to the amateur cup final yeah i've actually got um it's interesting and it's like i have i prepared for this but i actually have i've got a, a copy of the program here in front of me yeah uh, i bought this uh off online for about 50p um cheshire united versus leighton stone yeah Saturday, the 20th of April, 1968, uh, Wembley. Um, and yeah, I, I bought it because there was some discussion online a while ago about the game and who had played in it. And I knew Brian had played in it. But remember, this is several years before I was even born. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and what I can tell you is, is that, um, that his immediate family were, and those men were very proud of that achievement. Um, and there is some old footage, if you, if you look on YouTube, you can see some slightly grainy footage of that game as well. A big crowd as well, I think, to remember. Ah, I love that. Yeah. I, love that. I think they lost. I think they went down to 10 men and there were no subs back then. Is that right? I think that's what I'm asking Yeah, you, I right? don't think they would have been subs. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think they, I can't remember the score, but I, I'm, I believe they, Chesham, unfortunately, lost. I do know that when you go to back in the day, because my dad was at Chesham for a little while, 
that's a, a memory we try and forget, to be honest. But um, I believe in in their clubhouse, there used to be a big picture of Wembley Stadium on the day, you know, of the game. Right. Because uh, I remember being younger, you know, thinking it looked weird because it was the old Wembley when it before it had even like the um, cover all around it. Oh right, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's that's right. He, um, he, he, they were both um, pretty pretty decent players. Um, they were both sort of grew up in 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 Hayes and yeah. around that area. Um, and yeah, so Brian and because um, one of the things is obviously and, and, and other people have asked this. Well, how did they actually meet? How, how yeah. did this? How did this partnership actually begin? And um, uh, so they both, again, I'm going, I mean, obviously I wasn't born some of this and, and unfortunately I can't fact check this with my dad or Brian. Um, but I, I, I believe that they both played at Hayes. Right. Um, and, and, that, and that's where they met. Um, and uh, Brian fleeted, I think Brian had one game with Brentford. Right. Uh, went at a trial, I think he had trials at Brentford. Uh, and I believe he came on, he either was a sub or he came on as a sub for Brentford. Um, the funny thing about that was, was that at the time, in, a, in actual fact, both Dad and Brian were offered trials at Brentford. Um, and if you look at the uh, online sort of Wikipedia and history of, of, of that era, um, it states that the reason my dad didn't go for that trial was because, uh, and I've actually written it down here, he had a decent job at EMI. Well, he did. But but I hope my dad doesn't mind saying. I think there was an element of laziness going on here as well. <laughs> I don't think I don't think he could. I mean, poverty's probably too strong a word. But sometimes my dad was weird. Sometimes in that respect, sometimes he was gifted something, and he would just yeah. give it away. Um, right. For example, he once got some cup final tickets, and he gave. And he said, "I don't want to go, Rob. You, you can go. If you want?" So I took my um, my wife, who was going back then, was my girlfriend. Uh, we turn up at Wembley Stadium only to find out that they're in the box, the Royal Box. <laughs> I have to sign in as Colin Lippiot. I love it. Remember that at this stage, my dad's like 30 years old than me. And uh, and we go in sitting there next to Trevor Brookin and all these sorts of name droppers and that. Um, and uh, some woman comes up to me and says, oh, you're not Colin Lippiot. <laughs> and I know I'm not. <laughs> He's dropped me right in here. But anyway, God bless them. They let me stay and Michelle stay. But... So that whole trial thing with my dad, because um, he also told me that he was offered trials at Chelsea. But again, I don't know if that's actually true or whether it's just because he supported Chelsea and thought, well, I think that was cool. <laughs> um, so anyway, they, they, you know, again, as the history books say, they sort of both didn't end up in the professional game. Um, I think my dad played at Hayes, Ryslip, uh, Uxbridge. And I think his, I think his last club was Wokenham Town. Uh, and he... He retired uh, from this career around 28, 29, I think it was. Yeah. Um, and, and and I believe it was at that stage um, that I think Brian must have been at Windsor, um, I believe. Yeah. And uh, and that they he I, he basically invited them uh, or invited my dad along to come along to Windsor to help him out. And they both genuinely had a real affection for Windsor, didn't they? Like, I know... <laughs> Obviously, they were there for four or five years, but I remember speaking to your dad, and you know, they genuinely loved Windsor. Yeah, I think th I think the thing is, is that you know, I think there's a couple of things. I think first and foremost, and I'll mention it a bit later about my dad and Jeff Chapel. Mm. You've already asked the question about the relate. How were they together, and how were, was the mm. relationship? And I think 
I think that first and foremost played a big part in that. They they got on so well. Yeah, that, uh, I'm not saying they could have gone to any club. I don't mean that, but it but it obviously got them off to a good good stead. And I, I when I was thinking about them early, uh, early, I was thinking that there was no. I was saying about the fun and that that they had with the players, and there was no. They were a bit like um, the two Ronnies or Hayland Pays. In other words, there was no strength there. Yeah. Between Dan and Brian, there wasn't really anyone really go. Oh yeah, he's the he's he's the good cop. He's bad cop. Yeah. Um, but but the thing with Windsor was, I mean, and I've heard some of your other um, uh, podcasts talk about this as well. I mean, look, one fact here is it, it's fairly local. Okay, we can't, but you know, and 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 that's you've got to remember as well that you know these these men were working; they had jobs. Yeah. You know, so my dad, when my dad's invited to join Brian at Windsor and Eton, my dad is working uh, at EMI uh, and then goes into engineering. Um, and so, you know, Brian took the mantle as manager. And my dad, I think, is I think he's a title's assistant manager. Yeah. Um, but but to be brunt, really, the truth behind that really was more that they didn't really mind, really, because I think it was more that Brian felt that he probably could maybe commit a bit more time to it. Um, yeah. He had um, uh, my dad's parents uh, had moved to Maidenhead, and Brian and his then wife and his wife and his daughter and his, his young daughter, she's the same age as me, my cousin. Um, they they lived in Maidenhead as well. They all they all moved to Maidenhead. So there was there was that facility piece that that helped. Um, but then put those two characters into a club like Windsor and Eton. You know, you know what's coming. You know, uh, a fan. You know, a, a friendly, um, welcoming football club. You know, what else do you need to be successful? Well, all you need now is some good players. Yeah. You know, and and, and a bit of luck. <laughs> or a lot yeah, of luck. Of yeah, of course, of course. But you know, they were there. For, I mean, they came in seventy six, seventy seven, and I know they were there for sort of four to five seasons. Yeah. Um, you know, but Windsor in the seventies pre. Um, your dad and Brian joining Windsor weren't a you know Windsor was kind of a struggling side at, at, at the level that they were at you know it's an absolute kudos to them in terms of you know if it was them that built that squad and that really went on throughout the 80s I know they obviously left and came back and we'll come on to that but you know it was kudos to you know Brian and and Colin for building that squad from you know pretty much zero yeah, and also, you know, you've got to remember as well that, that at that stage, um, to my knowledge, neither of them had coached. Yeah. Um, we've already talked a little bit about their playing career. I didn't mean, you know, they were both centre-halves playing together with Hayes. Yeah. Um, my dad always, I think it's important to say, my dad always said that Brian was the better player of the two, and he meant, and he really meant that. Mm. Brian, Brian was a very, very good player. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and, I, and I think, yeah, you know, I mean, I don't. You'll be able to tell me which which of those that squad was already there at the time. Um, but obviously, uh, getting the mix right, bringing new players in. I mean, obviously, we, the, the the success that followed was I would I would imagine was pretty unexpected. Ah, oh, I mean, I mean to, to put it into context, I mean, we were there. They were there for four or five years, and obviously, the first couple of years was was rebuilding, rebuilding that you know the squad there. But like the 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 79, 80, 80, 81 season, I mean, you're talking two league titles, a league cup win, cup runner up, two, the FA Vars runs, quarterfinals and semi-finals, first mm. properly mm. FA Cup, Red Star Belgrade. And and I think sometimes people forget that the level that we were at at that time was the equivalent to 
you know, it was just above where the new Windsor and Eaton is now. And yet, you know, we were FA Vars runs, FA Cup runs, which is just unheard of for teams at that level. Yeah, I think I think that um I know, I know dad and again again I was very young, but I mean we've got to remember my dad talks about um his previous clubs and his career. My dad talk, likes to talk about nothing other, you know, not nothing other than football, but football was you know <laughs> something he talked about a lot. And anyone that knew him at the time would tell you he was always on the phone. There was no such thing as out of season with dad. He was always trying to find new players and whatnot. And and I think the thing is, as I remember at the time, how um and I was again I was young, but how excited they both were. And I, I, I suspect that was partly because maybe more Brian and my dad, I don't know, but maybe they already knew what was already there. Maybe they saw something in the club. To answer your question, why did they love it? They, they must have, they saw something in the club um, that, 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 that had real prospects. Um, and, and he was, my dad was always telling me, because I, when, when I used to go to the games, when, you, when your dad, well, everyone's dad, if they like football, is a football coach. Or manager, we, we all yeah. are, aren't we? We're all, yeah. We all yeah, watch yeah, yeah. sofa and we go, why is he picking? Why have they picked him? And blah blah blah, sort of stuff. And talk about the tactics. And um, even back then, my dad, because I used to play football as a kid up to the age of about early, very early twenties, I wasn't particularly good, but um, I thought I was at times. Um, <laughs> and but he was always saying to me, even then, which is quite funny when I look back back on it now. But he was always saying to me, you know, what watch? And I made some notes here, you know. Watch Chris Yates. He used to say to me, "What watch? Watch his positional sense. Uh, watch how he's able to hold the ball up and, and the pace that he creates space with the pace that he's got." And I've actually written this down. I'm going through the process of recounting all this. It's really weird, Michael, because yeah. I feel like I'm back there. Um, <laughs> and he said, "I remember he said um, one of my favourite. My so I'm jumping the gun a little bit. Probably one of my favourite players. And I've got a story about him a bit later. Is Lance Cadogan? Yeah, uh, I remember. I remember you saying that. Oh, uh, honestly." Honestly, I can't tell you. Um, anyway, um, and, and, and he said, um, he, I wrote it down, he said, watch how he puts the ball in the back of the onion bag. And I, and I remember thinking, that's not, that's not an onion bag. What's he talking about? I had no idea. You know, like these top, my dad was full, full of the football, even back then, the football, you know, bingo, as we call it, you know, the top draw and all that sort of stuff. Um, but the point is, is that, they 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 knew I, I know for certain they knew they wanted something special. They knew yeah. it. And, and and the real evidence of that, and I'm gonna steal something I'm gonna was gonna say later, but I'll mention it now of that for my dad in particular, was if you look at the, the common thread throughout the initial success that they both experienced, my dad went on to experience, hmm. some of it, quite surprisingly, goes back to Windsor and Egan. Yeah. And what I mean by that is is two things. The players who ended yeah. up at Woking, and probably more importantly, the the ethos and the style of play. Because I can promise you this, the good Windsor and Eaton team, go and watch the good St Albans team, go and watch the good Yeovil team, go and watch that Woking team that time. You would not be surprised to think, hold on a minute, this is, some of this is a bit familiar. Mm. And I appreciate that's a bit of a sweeping statement, but I can promise you, because I watched, me and my mum, I mentioned my mum. My mum just didn't miss a game for 28 years, over and away. And she's she back then. She honestly, she was a legend. She knew she knew way more about football than I did, and all the grounds and God knows what else. But yeah, that's that was it. I I I know that Brian and, and it's not down to them really. It's about it's about the players, isn't it? Really, you know, you can be, you know, we see it week in week out in the Premier League. You know, oh, we've got this new 
I won't mention any names, but we've got, I'm being a Chelsea boy, you can appreciate how many managers we've had over the years. You know, this guy's got the answer, but actually, have you? If you haven't got the right ingredients, what, what can you actually do? And I think Brian and my dad were fortunate, because I think there is a, a lot of fortune in whether you get good players or not at Windsor and Eaton. That, that was the starting ground for both of them. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. I mean, like one of the questions I was going to ask you is like, you know, just how good that squad was, um, you know, but you speak to anyone that played in that era, watched in that era, and they all say the same thing about that squad, that it was just absolutely phenomenal. I think the the, the, the real pity about that squad was the level that wins were at at the time. You know, if we would have had that squad and we were, two or three leagues higher up as a start point. I mean, how far they could have gone, who knows, you know? But it was yeah, just... I mean, they, they, you know, we'll talk about the players later, I'm sure. I mean, but they, the, the evidence of that anyway was, was in one sense, was quite simple in that when they left, we'll come on to that later, when they were initially mm. to go poking, well, they weren't stupid, were they? They started before, well, let's take this team with us. Yeah. You know, so... You imagine you you imagine in your career you've just been promoted to what that stage is the highest level you've ever been at, whatever industry, and you go, Do you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna take all my staff with me because they're that good. Mm -hmm. I have complete faith um in what they can deliver at any level. Um and it, it was interesting because when I heard listen to some of your podcasts, all and I've listened to all of them, I repeat. Yeah. Um <laughs> I'll be honest with you, because I when 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 you're uh, a, a parent or whoever's involved at, at, at this level and and, and, and this uh, this level of involvement, you become quite defensive sometimes of things. And I, and I heard quite a few people you interviewed saying, oh, well, you know, they, there was no coaching went on. They just gave us the ball and said, yeah, yeah get, yeah. On, get out there, get on with it. Yeah. And I'll be honest with you, initially I took umbrage at that a little bit. If, Hold on a minute. <laughs> no, 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 no. I've, 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 witnessed other, I've witnessed other sides there. However, if I put my um, my bias into a little box just for a moment, um, I would, I'd see it. This is how I see it because the, the, the famous quote from was that Brian Clough would say, "Go on, lads, just go out and play." Yeah, and I think I think that to to sum up for me what must have been the quality of that squad at that time, I think that Dad and Brian ultimately had the luxury of having the right players in the right positions at the right time, where you could, even if it was just an analogy, say, "Here you go, lads. Here's the ball." go out and do it because the one thing that my dad was very very good at and he was far from perfect as none of us are but the one thing he was very very good at and he didn't get it right time was man management he was excellent at it and I, you know and there's lots of stories around that and I think even at that early stage him and Brian must have number one recognized their own deficiencies because they've never done this before mm. and, num and had no coaching training none of the, no 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 FIFA badges then nothing like that um they 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 must have realized the, we are we've landed on our you know we, we've got some really good players here because we, we we're confident enough that they can go and do a job and number one two we're that confident we'd be happy to steal them if we ever leave wins winning yeah. yeah and like you said put those guys at other levels and you know that they would have and, and, and that's not a romantic romanticized view on that because i went on to witness some of those players who we'll talk mm. about do exactly that at top level, not just top level football, but in, in a, a hint here, FA Cup matches. Yeah, you know, I, I witnessed it with my own eyes how good some of these players 
and we all did, but I saw them at other clubs, at other levels, and, and everyone around me was saying the same thing. Wow, who are these guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're to totally right. You're absolutely right. Um, when you look back, at, when you, when you think back to that that era that that Brian and your dad were, what would you, what would you say their favourite memories were? I mean, obviously, I mean, I've, I've mentioned you know the Vars, there's the Vars, the FFA, yeah, Red Star, yeah, Bar the, Bar but the Vars, yeah, the Vars favourites. Do you think? Well, again, I'm stretching my memory a little bit here, as you'll appreciate, um, and, and I could stretch the truth a little bit if I really wanted to. <laughs> um, I'll try not to. Um, I think that. Um, Let's get the Red Star one out of the way first, okay? So that, my dad loved that because, as 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 became clear in his later career, he loved the attention, <laughs> as did Brian. He loved the cameras, the big crowd, the royal family, um, just amazing, really. And and and, and they both um, uh, used their power or position of power to um, get this young little skinny kid to be the mascot. Uh, oh which yeah, was of course, of course. Um, you know, and I, I had the um, I, I, my memories of it are quite vague. I do remember TV cameras being there. I remember there was something on the local news. I think it certainly was in, excuse me, in the newspapers. And I remember the big crowd. I was nervous actually. I do remember feeling nervous because I'd never seen. It. I mean, what's this going? What's going on here? You know. Um, but it was more an event than a football match, is what how my dad would say yeah. he enjoyed yeah. it. He, I think actually he enjoyed it more for me and my my mum. Um, than he did for himself because I got the chance to be the mascot and and, and um, that picture's in the newspaper. I think I was, I met, you know, many, 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 many years later. I was at Windsor for a... I think we just went to watch a charity game. I mean, right. I seem to recall John Walk was playing in it. Do you remember John no, Walk? No, no, we had a veterans team. We I was a veterans team. Oh, maybe that um, was it. Yeah. Yeah, and I um, I was leaning over the, um, the railings on the home end near the car park side. Yeah. Apologies, it's probably got a name, but I know I can remember Stagmetta. I don't know if the corners and ends have got names. Um, has it? Have they got names? It's just, it's, it's just the town, the, the town end and the park end. So it would have been. Oh, a okay. Yeah. Um, so and yeah. No, anyway, and I, um, Colin Smith was came up before, and I introduced myself, and it was just really funny because he held me in that photo. He lifted me up. I remember him putting me under my armpits, and I'm six foot two now. And um, it's just it was just really funny because you know it just all those memories came came flooding back. But, but games they enjoyed they enjoyed the women the big games you know to an extent. I mean obviously they enjoyed games they were winning. Um, why wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, I know the um, the Wimbledon game uh, was a strange one because as a family my mum didn't go. I went with my Brian and my dad. I think when they got there they realised well where's Rob going to sit because he's only a seven year old or whatever. And I remember being at Plough, it was Plough Lane, wasn't it? Was it Plough yeah, Lane? Yeah. Old ground. Um, and again, for me, it was like being at Wembley because it was, did you, was you at that game? No, I wasn't. Um, I wasn't. Um, so anyway, going there as a little kid again and like, wow, big crowd. And I mean, they absolutely walloped us in the end, but um, he, he enjoyed the experience. The interest, the really, really, really interesting one for me, and you've, you've said it, is the Vars semi-final. Yeah. Because um, I can honestly tell you, that was the first time, I mean, again, I was just a, a nipper, but that I can remember. So, so I think on the way home after having been beaten, um, I think the coach stopped somewhere for a comfort break or something, I, I guess, uh, that they were on. And the, the recollection I had was, was that somehow my dad managed to ring my mum. So he must have found a phone, a pay phone, pay phone, long before the days of mobile phones, and told my mum the result. 
And she said, I remember her saying to me, she said that was the closest at that stage she could remember him to tears. Because my dad was not an emotional or open. My dad was an old guard, you know, stiff upper lip, all that kind of stuff. He was absolute. he was devastated to the point, and this is going to sound ridiculous, that even going to Wembley and winning there three times still didn't erase how he felt about that match. He was absolutely gutted for two reasons. It, it's a final at Wembley, obviously. And he just felt that wins were the better team. And should it, it was almost as though he was more enraged. They just didn't win the game. It was almost like it was a final. It was just that he didn't win these two games. He said the second game, and I've heard some of your interviews uh, and players recount the, the game and what a bizarre scenario it was with people around the pitch and causing trouble and whatnot. And he was just devastated because he's a bad loser anyway, um, which is probably why he was successful. Um, but he, yeah, so so his, one of his favourite games was also his least favourite. So that's so, the yeah. passion, right? You need that, you know? That's where you well, yeah, I mean, yeah, if, you if you don't like winning, if you, sorry, don't like, if you don't like winning and hate losing, you, that's not the that's not the career path yeah. for you, is it? I don't think. Yeah, um, totally. <laughs> totally. Now, listen, through various sort of, po- like you've mentioned, obviously, all the different podcasts you've listened to, there's been some great, honestly, some great stories that people have said about Brian. Um, yeah. I, in the last one, I don't, know, I don't know if you listened to the one with John Palmer, which was, uh, yeah, the last one I did. And he was talking about how Brian had signed him as a keeper. So he was the keeper before Kevin Mitchell, basically. And yeah, uh, I think I, I heard his interview about his yeah, podcast. Yeah. Brian, Brian had signed him. Um, and in his first training session, he's he's turned up as and he, he was about 17, 18. Um, he's turned up, gone into the dressing room, and the previous keeper is also in the dressing room, who is just getting ready for, for training, and Brian's gone over to him and said, Um, sorry, uh we, we've signed a new keeper. Um <laughs> You know, he's basically sat over there. So the guys, the guy's obviously devastated. He's he's been let go. Starts putting his kit into his kit bag, which is a Windsor and Eaton kit bag. And he, Brian has basically said, oh, "No, no, no, you, sorry, you, 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 I need your bag off you. <laughs> I need your bag off you." And took the bag and gave it to the new keeper. And he's left with no bag to put his kit in. <laughs> so just the funny stories I've heard, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, about I, Brian. Yeah, really, I mean. It's a str- to be honest with you, it's a bit of a, a little bit of a struggle. And what, and it, what I mean by that is, is a lot of my funny memories of Brian was Bri- Uncle Brian, not as Brian Windsor yeah, Eaton manager. Right. I mean, I I, me- I remember the one I, one of the ones I did remember, which Brian might not thank me for recounting if he if he were here was. Um, and, but it's not it's not Windsor Eaton, but I'll share it with you anyway. But mm. you might know it. But but Brian, um, I think one of your um, podcasts again might be the recent one. Said, oh yeah, Brian managed to negotiate more money for us. Oh, that was for the um, that was well about the um, yesterday's hero. Yesterday's hero. I don't know if you watched that, but God, that awful film knows. Um, <laughs> anyway, have. and again, the story I heard about that was that my dad and Brian were in it. I don't think my dad was in it because I've watched the film unfortunately several times. I mean, it's hard to see anyway. It's quite grainy. So he may have been. He may not have been. But anyway, the point is, is that. Um, Brian, you know, this all wheeler dealer Brian side of him, he 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 became he was a groundsman. Right. So he 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 started, and I believe um and and uh, if anyone knew Brian as well, and, and I'm wrong, then please let me know and correct us. But, but anyway, he was a groundsman and he and he took on the groundsman duties at Maidenhead for a while. 
Right. And, uh, and I remember um, he uh, he used some uh, some kind of weed killer around the pitch that he apparently got he got he charged the club for it, but apparently he got for free somewhere. <laughs> um, anyway, um, he came back to buy him because he, he he puts this weed killer all around this pitch, and then we turn up on match day, and apparently you're supposed to water it straight away and he didn't and, and I think he was hoping that it would rain and it didn't anyway I don't know if it, well he must have been to maintenance ground I'm guessing and, and back before that stand burned down so I can remember me and my mum sitting up in the main stand they used to have at maintenance yeah and basically um this is this is bang start of the season by the way when the pitch was supposed to look at its best I'd say most 70% of the grass had burnt off <laughs> so it was just a dust bowl and I can honestly I we sat in that stand and we could not stop laughing because we thought Brian's done it again. And um, he was like, he got into a little bit of trouble actually, but um, you know, bless him. But yeah, it was just, it was just funny. It, it was more, it was just that Brian was, Brian was a really, really, really hard worker. He never, ever, I mean, sometimes yeah. he would work seven days a week, Brian, he'd doing all, doing all sorts of things to earn a living and look after his family. So yeah. you know, I've got to pay him huge respect for that, but he was also a little bit of a, uh, a wheeler and a dealer once um the last one i'll give actually was about both of them really was again i was young we we spent a lot of time as you do as um uh football widows and whatever uh yeah. waiting around in car parks for them yeah uh, and i remember being at windsor and eating and i sat in the car in the car park just by the main stand where you parked where you're allowed to park when you're a player or the yeah, manager yeah, or whatever yeah. Um, and we'd been waiting for probably hours, it felt like. And my mum said, look, Rob, just go and, go and get him. Just, I'm not waiting any longer. So I walk up to the dressing room door. I can hear them in there, my dad and Brian. And again, I don't know how old I was, but I would have been under 10. I just opened the door and went in. I go in, and they are giving these players the biggest <laughs> rollicking. And I, at that point, I've never heard either of them swear. My dad and Brian were very, very good in front of kids and in front of us. They were more. They were more the jovial pair, and I just remember thinking, I, I ran back to the car. I'm not making that mistake again. Um, they obviously got beat that day. So um, again, you know, we can sit here and say, oh, weren't they good fun? Blah blah blah. But actually, they were. They were winners as well. They, you know, they did not like losing. Um, but I'm sorry, I haven't got any other sort of football funny stories about Brian. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's great. That's great. Well, so what about you though? Like, what, what other favourite memories that you, like you had, rather than kind of Brian and Colin? Sort of favourite memories that you had, albeit you know, respectfully, you were six, six, seven years of age. Um, yeah, I've got, I, I've got a few actually. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just grabbing my my notes. Yeah, I mean, for me, um. Uh, Windsor, I think really uh, we've obviously talked about the games that I, I was fortunate enough to have some kind of involvement in. But again, taking into account my age, I, I loved I loved the um, the sort of atmosphere that I got at the club. This was my first experience, remember of yeah, life. Sure. exactly, yeah. Floodlights, floodlights. It was like yeah. wow, that stand when you were kids, it feels massive. Yeah. Um, after the games, sometimes depending on the weather, my my dad and Brian would. Give me I, so what I shouldn't. I, I often used to go with my mum. I have two sisters, but they're older than me. So my younger of the two sisters would often come to Windsor games. Uh, yeah. The elder one by that stage was probably a teenager and had more interesting things to do, as far as she was concerned. But my dad and Brian would often give us a football after the game. We'd go out on the pitch while the floodlights were still on. Right. The floodlights would stay on. My memory was they'd stay on for a little while as they're doing football grounds. 
uh, she'd go in goal usually, and we'd kick the ball about. And I was um, I was usually Lance Cadogan. Um, I was, and, and and I even remember, and it sounds embarrassing really, but I remember trying to sort of like walk like him. <laughs> I hope Lance won't mind me saying, but my dad used to say, "He watched him, he sticks his bum out. He's like really strong." Um, and and then all this kind of stuff, and um, yeah, and 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 so the memories for me were more around, you know, that that the, just the the build up to the game, the yeah. excitement of driving into the ground. I'm being honest with you, even that feeling a little bit special because we could park in the special parking place. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> I know it sounds yeah. really silly, um, but also then even at an early age, the nervousness that then ensues because you know the the. the I'm sure it's the same for players' wives and, and children and, and whatnot and whatever. Because obviously you're nervous, you want your team to win. But when you you see how heavily invested they are in what it is they're doing, yeah, um, you know, I, I used to get really, really nervous even as a youngster. Uh, and all through my time of uh, following my um, dad in particular. Um, and the other thing at Windsor though was I, I used to like me and sister used to go into the bar. Um, back then that was good fun. My dad and Brian used to bring my dad used to bring me home. Orange juice, Brit Vic. Do you remember Brit 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 Vic Orange? Um, I'm assuming he was buying it from the bar, not stealing it. I never asked the question actually. Thinking about it, he did bring out quite large quantities, but um, let's 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 blame Brian for that one. Um, yeah, so I'm not huge. I've got some memories of games that we'll talk about. Sure, as I got a bit older, and um, some of my favourite games there. But the initial memories were that of being a youngster and just the atmosphere, you know, and the the, the I used to love walking around. It's such a lovely. Isn't Wind, isn't Stag Meadow in an amazing setting though? Oh I mean, yeah, I just don't think there's any better settings. I really the, the close the closest I've seen, and it and it isn't better though, but is St Albans. Yeah, because um, that's in a nice setting as well. But Windsor's just and when I went back there, um, when you kindly uh, invited me to to the reunion, and I also subsequently went there and watched Windsor play. Mm. Such a lovely setting, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. It's it's genuinely... One of those games you can turn up early for and have a nice wander around. I know, I know. It genuinely is. It genuinely is. But yeah, uh, so I, uh, I want another. I've got another memory actually. So um, there are two things. Number one, so sometimes um, in the it only happened a couple of times. Um, I think my mum had uh, a, another job, a second job in the evenings. So sometimes, um, and I guess if my sisters weren't around, they they wouldn't leave me on my own. Um, so my dad brought me to Windsor Eaton track for training, right. and I've got I know it's weird, isn't it? It's true, and I and I remember, and again, apologies because I'm I'm terrible with geography and stuff, but I remember coming out of the ground, turning left and then right where the lights are. We ran with the whole team. I just because I was fit as a fiddle back then because you were, you were a little kid and I was playing football. And I seem to recall we went into a gym or a school or something down there. Yeah, there's a couple of schools down there. Yeah, yeah and, and, and they did boys. training. Because I remember it's the first time I got introduced to a medicine ball. <laughs> um, <laughs> it only happened a handful of times, but it was just basically because I, I couldn't stay at home on my own. So my dad would take me to training and um, pay me in Brick Brick Orange, I think, from memory. I love it. I absolutely <laughs> yeah. love it. But you imagine that. You're, you know, this, I, I'm running with my heroes. This is like... Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I don't yeah any of the players... Would remember that. I have no I idea. Can just, I can happened. just picture. I can just picture you and Lance Cadogan now. Just yeah, yeah. Oh, God. yeah. Christian, yeah. what? Yeah, it's some of the players there. Well, amazing. But yeah, so yeah, they're 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 the sort of my my the memories that sort of spring to mind. Really, they might be a bit off the off the rail a little bit, but um.
Now, Brian and your dad moved, obviously moved on to Woking. Did they ever share kind of what what their reasons were for leaving? I mean, I'm making an assumption it was because of, you know, obviously Woking were Ithbian Premier, I think, at the time. And we'd obviously yeah. made from the Athenian. Um, and then in hindsight, did, did they have any regrets about making that move? Boy, did they. Um, yeah, so, so I mean, obviously you've said it yourself, so it, it, it was a step up for them. Um, yeah. I think, well, not I think, I know, uh, having spoken to my dad a lot about it over the years, they, they were actually quite, I don't know actually how it came about, but they were quite surprised. Um, and again, re re reverting to my own memory, and I mean, my actual memory was, they took me to the club, woke mm. in this was. Um, and again, maybe my mum was out doing some cleaning or whatever she did as a second job. And I remember sitting in one of their stands because it's, it's a weird ground working because it's got like these really old stands, but it's like three or four of them. But they're not one yeah. down. But at the time, as a kid again, I thought, this is amazing because it felt that much bigger than Stag Meadow. Yeah. It just felt big. It was bigger, you know, even though back then if you, it, it just had actually, uh, uh, you know, no, no, stats, no standing at all around two sides of the pitch. Um, so actually, but it was just so sad. And I remember thinking it was big, but it was it was absolutely that. They're, um, I guess, having had the success they'd had at Windsor up to that point, you know, they must have felt we can, you know, they must have felt fairly confident. I would imagine yeah. that they could do it again. But as we um, touched on earlier, they also realised that part of the magic of reading was that trust they had in the players at Windsor and Eater because they subsequently uh, stole some <laughs> stole some of the players. Mm. Um, but unfortunately, you talked about how it ended. I mean, it, it was very old. They, they had uh, two similar scenarios. Well, my dad and Brian had a similar scenario at Leatherhead. My dad had a similar scenario at Chesham, where they went there and the clubs pulled the, pulled the funding. Yeah. You know, yeah. my dad built actually quite a good team at Chesham and it ended horrendously. They got relegated, actually. My dad left before then. And it was just shocking to see. And I, I my understanding... Um, why Woken didn't work out was for that a very similar reason, if not the same same reason. So, did they regret going? Well, I couldn't tell. I don't know. The, the, the interesting thing then is after um, I'm trying to think where they went after Woken. Did they then go to Leatherhead? I think, I'm think not they, sure. I know they went to Maidenhead, didn't they? Yeah, they went Maidenhead. I can't. I think it was. I don't. I can't remember which way around. I thought it was Leatherhead then Maidenhead because they yeah, were in Leatherhead well for like literally weeks. Yeah, I mean literally weeks. Um, and I do remember two things really. Number one, them both thinking, "Is that it? Is that our chance gone at that kind of level?" Mm. Um, and then, obviously, following the uh, scenario, I believe happened at Leatherhead. And apologies to Leatherhead Football Club if I'm getting this wrong. I don't think I am. Um, it happened again. You know. So what? Where, where do you go next? Well, weirdly, you know, they they end up at Maidenhead, and and what do they do? You know, they end up. I believe if some of the players go there, yeah. You know, and 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 then they start the rebuilding process. So it's it's. So did they regret going to Woking? Can you regret? I don't know. I'm pro I I think I think probably. And again, I I I imagine Brian may have regretted it a little. I don't know. See, Brian really liked it at Maidenhead. Mm. Was there for quite a while, I think, um, because after that. I believe they they separated like it was like a divorce, um, <laughs> and their their careers went in different directions, yeah, different, yeah, yeah. different clubs. Um, so I, I I 
I think I, I know that they I know my dad was regretful purely because I think he thought, well, actually, do you know what? We were enjoying it at Windsor. We had a good team. And maybe actually moving the players away, we've actually broken something we can never go back to. Mm. Um, yeah, and and you know, and then from there on in, as I just said, their their footballing careers—they were still brother-in-laws, obviously—but their footballing careers went on a slightly uh, different path. Well, yeah, I mean, your dad went on to become—you know—I think it's fair to say one of the most highly regarded coaches in in non-league football. Um, and I'd love to hear you say time. that. <laughs> but you know, a lot of that was at Woking with 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 yeah. Jeff Chappell. How how did they come together? Because well, was that after the the split with Brian at Maidenhead that Colin went straight to? Um... I believe so. I mean, I know I know that um, my dad was a farmer for a while, but I can't. I, I've forgotten the order. If I'm honest with you, I'd have to probably Google it. But um, I think it was after Maidenhead. I know that um, at the time. What what I can say is that um, at the at the time my dad went to Woking, Jeff Chappell was the manager. Yeah. Uh, Fred Callahan was his coach and assistant manager. That's right. Uh, yeah. And this was just before, I can't remember how many games before they played West Bromwich Albion. Right. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So that would have been, when would that be? Early, very, very early 1991, was it? I, 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 mean, I don't. That would have been 90, yeah, 1991. Yeah. Season. And the reason I can remember that date, my wife's downstairs, she won't even, but it's when I started dating my, my now wife. <laughs> um, um, yeah. So I, I, I know that um, Jeff was at Woking with, with Fred. Yeah. Um, and um, he approached, um, he approached my dad, Jeff, to, to go there. Um, and I, again, I, again, I don't know this is any, what I'm about to say, I don't know if it's a fact, but I'll say it anyway. Um, I, I think that Jeff and, and, and Fred hadn't fallen out, but I don't think they were quite as, it wasn't going quite smoothly between them as, as I'm sure they would have hoped. I yeah. think part of that might have been down to, um, I, I was told anyway, that Fred had, had uh, wanted to be the manager, basically. Right. So, uh, which is understandable because he'd obviously managed, I think, at the pro level anyway, hadn't he, Fred Callahan? Mm. Um, and so, Jeff, it was a weird scenario because Jeff called my dad in to, to make this a free man team, you know. And, and now you've got a, a strange scenario where you've got, I, I don't know how much um, Fred knew about my dad coming in, but I, 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 my dad joined at a very opportune moment because, um, well, number one, here's the Woking side with guess what? Windsor and Eaton players playing for. Yeah, them. well, yeah. You know, so talk about full circle. You can't believe it. You could make it up and stuff. Um, and that and that's the thing here. This this Windsor and Eaton thread all the way. You know, people might think well, he's not talking about Windsor. Trust me, for many many years, we we rinsed that Windsor and Eaton team dry. I can promise you. <laughs> um, and but but that must have been good for my dad because that was the familiarity. You know, he's back at Woking. The club where he thought he was at, and, and it didn't yeah. work out. I know he felt a bit awkward because he realised the scenario of there now being three of them. Um, but I think that ultimately there were Jeff. I think Jeff. Well, I know Jeff got my dad in there. Number one because he knew him. From, yeah. Because remember, my dad managed coached Jeff at Windsor. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. By yeah, the way, yeah. what a good player Jeff Chapel was. Mm. By the way, let's not forget that. Yeah. What a player. Seriously, he should have played at a much higher level. Um, and he bought, and I think also he trusted my dad. That my dad probably wouldn't want the manager's job. Right. Um, and and by that stage, had firmly rooted 
his mask into the coaching yeah. coaching side. And, and and my dad did quite a lot of work at Bisham Abbey and stuff like that. He, he did lots of things probably people didn't know about. Um, so yeah, that that that's how it came about. Um, and um, yeah, it, it, it and and then Woking and Jeff. Well, my dad and Jeff started on this. And what I mean, what a journey. journey. What yeah. a journey. Yeah. But having been on the journey, you haven't been on the journey you've been with Wins and Eaton, you'd think well that might be it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Totally. Um, and, and 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 it wasn't. And and, and here we are with with uh, uh, a Woking squad um that that that's got it's it's proliferated with some wins players. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, and 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 obviously Jeff was a, a Windsor, a, a Windsor, of course, as manager, and, and took some players with him again. So that happened to Windsor and Eaton again. I imagine they must hate Woking. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, and then and then it, it, it went from there. But they but they were. I would also say that certainly for many many years they had a very very they had a very very good relationship, Jeff and my dad, very akin to my dad's relationship with Brian. It was, it was very mm. similar. They were good fun. Uh, they had a laugh, you know, but they worked hard, you know. But there, there was there, maybe there was a bit of that from my dad that he quite enjoyed as well. Well, I know there was that he quite enjoyed. Um, Woking though, and they won't thank me for saying it didn't have the same feel for me personally. Um, I can't, don't know why. Was that? Uh, that do you think that was just because of, I guess, the level that they were now at, and maybe yeah, a bit more, more pressure, a bit more, and yeah, a bit more pressure, maybe a bit more. I don't. I want to use the word professional. I think that's not fair, but maybe it's well, interesting. The, as, crowds, as, as the, crowd, the massive crowd yeah. woken yeah. again adds adds a pressure. Eventually, there. eventually. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. 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 Totally. Totally. Um, but but Jeff wasn't a coach. You know, they they didn't they never treaded on each other's toes. And um, Jeff will tell you himself that he he, he, he wouldn't know how to. I'm not <laughs> sure he knows how to put a tracksuit on. Let alone get on the <laughs> training ground. And I think that probably helps as well because I think they knew they weren't going to tread on each other's toes. Yeah, um, yeah, both good at spotting good players. Both good at stealing good players. If you read, like your your book or or um, the book, I've got them here. Actually, I've got the, there's several books I've got here. Um, I, I, I I'm sad like this. I buy books that my dad's in. Um, so the yeah, Jeff Chapel, yeah, Jeff Chapel's book. I've got yeah. yeah, yeah, he's in that. And the Ben Smith Journeyman's quite a good book. That's Ben's a player that played with my dad at Yeovil. Um, but, but but one of the things that comes out in some of these, um, I just can I just mention another book because you yeah, might find it funny. There's a book here written by Jeff Tibbles called "The Bowlers Holding the Batsman's Willy," <laughs> and this is apparently a book of the greatest collection of humorous quotes. And if you go to page 196, there's a quote from my dad, which is just isn't funny, <laughs> but it's in the book. Oh, it's bizarre. Anyway, right? What's the quote? Oh, um, they said he's had more book. He gets more bookings these days than Freddie Starr. Remember Freddie Star? Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, but one of the things that came out about that was like that my dad's, um, what do you call it, ability to try and tap, what we would call these days tapping up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think um, some, well, I know some of the, well, you know, some of the Windsor players, I, I think, have said, you know, yeah, there, there were conversations going on. Well, I'm going to such and such a club. Do you want to come with me? Which is terrible to hear of your supporter. But anyway, <laughs> maybe that's that's part of that. You know, that happens. You know, that's that's the reality. Isn't totally, it? Totally, um, totally, totally. But yeah, the squad and the squad there was amazing, Michael. As you, as you said, you know, mm. the foundations stem from Windsor and Eaton. It's, it's unavoidable. That is the reality. What was that FA Cup run? 
and the, when they ended up at you know obviously beating West Brom and um, obviously then I think it was Everton at Goodison Park in the next round. Yeah, I think the um, for, for me the, a lot of people talk about the um, the Everton game and understandably so because you know this this is like what would be now Premier League. Premier yeah, League yeah, yeah. Then I don't know if he was was it? Don't not sure. Uh... <laughs> I know when they played Coventry, Coventry were Premier League. I don't think Everton. Yeah, I think yeah, I think it was a couple of years, but like before. Um, but yeah, um, so yeah, I mean the Everton, the Everton day. I'm kind of too for too long because this isn't uh, directly linked to wins other than some of the players. But it was it, it to be honest with you, for me personally, the, the best memory was the West Brom game. Um, um, uh, so they were in the old League Two. Yeah, Woking were in the what would now be the Conference South level yeah. below yeah. the old Ishmael. They weren't in the Conference; they were either yeah, one or two below. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's me and Premier. Um, and so yeah, going going to West Brom um, again. Uh, my my girlfriend and my wife came with me, and and she said, "Well, how's this going?" I said, "Well, we're going to get stuffed, basically, because <laughs> the gap is so big." Yeah, yeah. and we're the proper. Part time, he's he's a postman, he's an electrician, yeah, you know, all that yeah, sort of yeah. stuff, all the yeah. romantic elements, the BBC rollout. Um, but the but the 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 West Brom game was just incredible, and and I have to say, obviously Timbers Aglo, if you recall, got all the limelight. Right, yeah, so that's what happened. I can tell you that if ever you wanted to know how good a player Mark Biggins was, yeah, watch yeah. on YouTube. On yeah. YouTube, they've got the, the, they've got a local commentary of the entire game, and I can tell you, and I don't know Mark Biggins because Mark Biggins was a a thing in his own right. You know, he no one, no, I don't think anyone knows where he is. I think he's like harder to find. You know, he's just disappeared off the face of the earth. This guy, but I, I can tell you, on that day, he he didn't turn up thinking, well, well, you know, this is going to be tough, isn't it? He just he just torn to pieces. If you if you watch the Wokins third goal I think it was and Big O does it where he lets the ball go past him runs around the player honestly he was unbelievable yeah. on his day you can ask me later I know about other players but on his day unbelievable unplayable almost yeah well the following he year was that good. the following year we played we obviously played Woken in the FA Cup with the infamous Fog um, I, I was there yeah I can talk to him yeah. about and, and then in the replayed game Big O was it's fair to say Big O wound a few players up that day. Yeah, <laughs> he, but I think we ended up having one. We got one sent off, I think, for allegedly. Yeah. For he, he did that quite a lot, though. He, I remember playing a pre-season friendly at Bashley, which is sort of happening in New Milton Way, and he yeah. was doing the same to that team. Some guy, they were well named Bashley because some guy just didn't run up and punched him. <laughs> <laughs> Back in the day, <clears throat> when players actually really fought, <laughs> and not they didn't just fall over. Um, but yeah, the, the, so the West Brom game, amazing. Everton game, 11,000 Woking supporters. Uh, we turn up. We're on the family coach because we're spoiled again. So yeah. we get dropped off right out the front. My mum and Michelle, my, my girlfriend at the time, want, want to use the toilet. I didn't need to. You're probably thinking, where's he going with this? Um, so the guy says, oh, we noticed we've got off the family coach. He says to my mum and Michelle, we're coming here. So I said, no, I don't need to go. So he opens the door and he lets them walk right along the side of the pitch. <laughs> and I'm stood outside and then, oh no, I don't want to go to the toilet. <laughs> I didn't actually. And I, and I didn't. And they, I just remember thinking, oh, I couldn't walk. Because, you know, again, walking out on that pitch. Yeah. No one yeah, was, yeah. What, what a thing. And, and it was a great day. Um, the game was pretty good. 
very, very proud of, of the players. Again, uh, some of those uh, uh, X-Men, Stuart Mitchell, um, who else played? Trevor Barron. Frilly, Frilly there then? Uh, Mark Franks yeah. played. Yeah, he did. Yeah, Obviously Frilly. Big, and Bigger. Uh, Mark Biggins. Um, uh, was there any other Windsor players? Can't remember. I think that might have been there. I think that was it. I think it was four. Yeah. But, but great players and, and, and yeah, I mean, again, I'll, I'll maybe talk about him a bit later, but Trevor Barron. Oh, yeah, he, like, he, what, he, a, what a player. Yeah, yeah he, didn't, he didn't run. My dad said, actually, I really get emotional, where he didn't run across the pitch, he glided. Yeah. He made the game look so easy, Trevor. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I actually used to work with someone who's going in Slough, and, um, and uh, <laughs> she knew him personally, because that's the thing, I didn't know the players, really. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you said about what did you like about wins. I think, you know, you did, you could go and talk to the players, couldn't you, if you wanted to? Yeah, yeah, nice. yeah. Um, And you could do that at other clubs as well. But I, I think because I was so young back then, I, I didn't really. So I didn't really know in many of these players. Um, but yeah, he was he, he was a nicer man as he was a football, a good footballer. But yeah, they, those Windsor players, if I was a Windsor supporter, I'd like to think that they'd have been watching that, thinking they were doing them proud. Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah, 100%. And we touched upon it earlier. What do you remember about the game with the fog? Yeah, it was funny because um, was it FA Cup game? Yeah, it's FA Cup. Yeah, that's our problem. Yeah, so it, it it was weird because I went. I don't remember what days the game were on. I, I don't know if the first game was on during the week or on the weekend. First game was on the Saturday. Was it Saturday? Yeah, um, it got abandoned. Yeah, so so basically, um, I went along to the game with with my mum and, and with Michelle and obviously my dad. And um, I think when the fog came in. Windsor were winning, weren't they? And would that sorry, would that have been your first trip back to Stag Meadow since Yeah. yeah. Um would, was it? Um no it wasn't. No, it wasn't. I went to a game there and I don't know who we were with. And and it all got a bit tetchy. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember, yeah. Was it Maiden? No, I don't know. I think I had been back there. Uh, for an actual game, I can't remember who it was with. It probably would have been making it, wouldn't it? Yeah, but I do, I do have a recollection. I don't know why that. I think it was the same with Brian, and so he just got all a little bit. I don't know. Some, something happened. I can't remember. There was, right, there was right, a bit right. of tension, let's say. Um, but yeah, going back there with Woken, and, and also I think recollection that that's where Woken won the league as well. Segment. Yeah, well, yeah, it yeah. was. It was. It was. Yeah. Um, but that game with the fog, obviously at the game, I, I think Windsor were winning. And, and to be fair, our playing Woking, which I think was quite a shock, because you've got to remember as well, at the time, Woking were used to turning people over. Mm. Uh, and is, am I right that it was called off when Windsor were... It was one all. It was one all. one all, okay. Um, then the fog came in. And then anyway, then the replay, I think, was due, was midweek. Yeah. And and at the time, it's a bizarre story, but at the time, me and Michelle had a, a part-time cleaning job um, <laughs> right. out near Maidenhead some way, somewhere, because basically we were saving for our first house. Yeah. Um, we hated it, to be honest with you. I was rubbish at it. And um, we'd, we'd, she'd started to go to college, and I missed our shift, I think it was on Friday. Then I went to the football on Saturday. And then when the replay was on, I, I decided, Michelle can go do the cleaning job. I had to go and do it on my own. Um, but in my wisdom, I thought, nah, I'm going to go and watch that game. So I, I drive to the Windsor Meeting to watch the game. Uh, and, and obviously the game happened. And um, and then uh, went to the cleaning job before the day we'd been sacked. Because <laughs> they thought we weren't coming back. And so I got sacked from a, I'm not sure how you do that, but I got sacked from a part-time cleaning job because of football. When Windsor Meeting and Woking. 
But yeah, that that was um yeah, it was up in my notes here, yeah. And uh, yeah, it was uh, well, I can't remember the score they probably it was, I think Woking won, didn't they? They did, but again, yeah. like we were Windsor were winning at half time. Um, yeah. I mean you speak to the Windsor the Windsor lads on about those two games and particularly that first game, they they genuinely believe they if that fog wouldn't have come down, they would have won the first game. Mm. Second game, I think yeah, we were two one up, but Woking came back really strong in that second half. Um obviously we got someone sent off. But that first game, wins were so up for it. Um and then you speak to all the Windsor boys and they're like genuinely they genuinely believe they would have gone on to win that if the fog if the fog hadn't have uh, hadn't have come down. So yeah it's a shame. Yeah, I think I think if I think if that Woking team around that era and going forward a little bit as well, it were um if you could be critical of, of the team in any way, they they weren't always the best at, at, at away games and scrapping for things. Mm. I don't know what it was about them, but they um I mean you talked about success. I mean if you look at the the subsequent success of Woking Football Club, which initially started with those Windsor players, um yeah. They probably are close to being the most successful team to never have got promoted into the football league. Oh, they must yeah, be close. If, yeah, you know, no, they've won the trophy three times, FA yeah. Cup success, finished second many times. In fact, in this day and age, they probably would have got promoted. Mm. Um, but you, it, it, you, you've got to look back and go, it's got to be the biggest puzzle of all, surely. You know, yeah. What? Why did that success not continue to the point where they could? And I remember. Yeah, and there, are, there are lots of reasons for that, I'm sure, but there just seems to be something missing. Now, post-Woking, your dad um, moved from coaching into management. Um, it's St Albans, Yeovil, and obviously Woking it, itself. Like, how did he... Was he always wanted to go? Did like did he always want to go into management? Um, I I don't know. I mean, I think first and foremost in his in his professional career outside of his working life, mm. he, he he was a manager. You know, he he was a director, a sales director eventually. So yeah. he had a lot of experience of managing people. Um, and, and my dad would tell you if he were here today that the uh, to be a good manager at anything, but including football, you need to be a good people manager. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I think that um, originally, as we said right at the beginning with Brian, he, he he maybe even sort of fell into the coaching a little bit. Maybe I don't know. I don't know how you know. I don't know how Brian and my dad did the coaching at the time. Well, we know they didn't do any coaching calls to the players. We've <laughs> <laughs> already ascertained that one. Um, I, I don't know, but but I, I do know that ultimately. Um, I said to you earlier that when he went to Woking with Jeff, I think that was a good partnership because one didn't want to be a manager and one didn't want to be a coach. But I think over time, and maybe to be fair, as you get older, you know, you, you're going out on the training pitch every day um, in the evenings when you're part time. You've got another job. Yeah. Um, I think as my dad matured, he and he had the ab abundance of confidence to do that. Um, gradually, yes, he wanted. I think he earned a bit more for the um, for the management side. But I will also say, this is being brutally honest again, um, he 
um, he struggled a little bit, my dad, with, with there was all the success at Woking and my dad always felt he was never getting any credit for it. You know, so... Right, and when, then it was we, always we, Jeff. That yeah, played. it was Jeff this, yeah. Jeff that, and Jeff on the radio saying pass and move and all this kind of stuff. Um, it almost became a, ha- a joke in our house. I'm it's like pass and move bingo, when's Jeff going to say it? Um, it's quite interesting, actually, if you ever got the opportunity to watch my dad and Jeff on Sky, uh, Andy Gray's boot room when they played Barney in the FA Cup. Right. Um, you ever want to watch see an insight into the, the technical uh, prowess on football? Watch that; it's quite interesting. So, yeah, I think to answer your question, yeah, he he wanted he wanted a bit more control. I think he was frustrated that he may not have the answer on everything. And again, I think he he ultimately enjoyed the uh, adulation you get sometimes, mm. but he would see the darker side of that as well, and that is that's fine when things are going well. Um, less. So when things have gone pear shaped, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But, it, but he liked people management, and, and, and you know, he was. You got to remember as well. In every club, my dad was a manager. He was coaching as well. Um, albeit he then had people helping him. So he had Nick right. Roddis at St Albans. Um, I think Kevin Brown and Steve Thompson ended up helping him at Yeovil. So he, he, he as he got older, uh, he realised. Um, can't remember the chap who helped him at Kingstonian. I've forgotten his name, which is terrible, but it might come to me. Um, Chris saying, but anyway, yeah. So he, 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 he liked taking a bit more control. He didn't enjoy the politics, though. He didn't enjoy mm-hmm. some of the. Yeah. Although my dad, my dad loved, as we've already uh, discovered, he loved tapping up fat players. Yeah, uh, yeah. He wasn't quite so keen on all the financial yeah, uh, negotiations yeah. and stuff. He was more around is you know finding the right players that fit, um, and, and leaving then that up to the club to bring them in or not. Um, but ultimately, he would tell you if you were here that some of his favourite memories were linked to him being a manager. I was going to ask, yeah, like, do you think he preferred managing or coach? If you had a choice of the two, managing or coaching, I think, I think based on, I think based on the um, ups rather than the lows that he had. Yeah. St Albans being saving St Albans from relegation, St Albans getting promoted for the first time ever to the conference, uh, Yeovil Town getting up to second in the conference, FA Cup success. I think he'd probably go with management, actually. Mm. And I, I guess he probably would recall those dark evenings, wherever it might be, doing the training. And, and I, me and Show used to go and watch him now and again. Uh, they used to train at school in Woking. And I used to say, I don't know how in the hell he's doing this, because at the time, he had a job. Now, when he when he, he eventually ended up full-time. So he was when he was manager at Yeovil, yeah. Uh, he was travelling to and from Yeovil every day. Wow! So, so well, yeah. So I just, I you know, made an assumption he just stayed down there during the week. But no, he, no, he no. he travelled. Um, he he travelled to. That's so my mum and dad lived in Bratnell. Uh, my mum still did does. That take? Oh, well, we used to go with him on the weekends. It's several hours each way, and depending on the weather. But he did that five days a week because they were full. They went. They were full time. Then obviously home games, away games. Um, I remember going on holiday in Cor- to Cornwall when it was pre-season, and he he left the place we were staying in Cornwall, went to the football, then came back to Cornwall. Um, and I couldn't have done it, to be honest with you. But uh, and that's actually um, jumped the gun a little bit. But that's why he left the Oval in the end because John Fry, who was the chairman at the time, mm. he got on really well with, by the way. Yeah. Um, said, look, Colin, look, what we'll do is we will rent an apartment and you can stay there 
but we really need you to stay here during the week because like we want to talk to you about a player or whatever, whatever. We would prefer mm. to do it face to face. And my dad just said, I'm not prepared to do that. I'm not it, my dad's most important thing in life was his family, particularly yeah. his wife. Yeah. Um, and he just wasn't some might say, did he lack ambition? I don't know. I mean, my own view was that he had his priorities right. Well, I totally, and you say, but you say about ambition, and but you look back to, you know, I take you back to what you said a couple of minutes ago in terms of what he achieved at St Albans and and Yeovil, uh, you know, and particularly at Yeovil in conference football. I mean, that's you, you can't get more ambitious than that in terms of non-league football. Oh, it was, um, you know, it was, uh, it was an amazing setup there as well. I remember when. Um, Going there, so if you, I don't know how much you know, but the Graham Roberts was the manager at the time. Yeah, um, yeah. Oval, and he asked my dad to, to to come and help him basically. So they got promoted back to the conference. Mm. There was a famous game they had. I think they had a, a, a game at, at the lower the league below against Enfield, and they were like the stadium was full, and they were like they were like four thousand people can get in the ground, and six thousand people in the ground, and all this kind of stuff. And they got promoted, but they were really struggling. And I remember going there to the first ever game. Again, with my mum and Michelle, <laughs> and it, it was pouring down with rain. The pitch was just a bog. I remember having two feelings, thinking, number one, wow, my dad's made it. Because how I felt when I went from Stag Meadow to King's, Kingfield, now I'm at Hewish, or the new Hewish. Yeah, Hewish, yeah, yeah. Massive. You know, it felt incredible. It, you know, it's unbelievable. But, but the team were really, they were good. They had some good players. But they were really struggling, and then, and then I don't know if you were aware or recall, but then Graham got sacked. <laughs> yeah, um, sending a fax when Stevenage played Newcastle, I think it was. Oh, yeah. right. <laughs> and um, I remember the bizarre situation of my dad having to sit down with this Yeovil squad en route to a game. They were staying again; they were posh, you know. So they're staying in a hotel. They get up in the morning. He has to go and break the news that Graham's left the club, and some of the players say, "Well, we're not playing then." What do you mean? Well, unless you get grabbed back, we're not playing. Um, and, and to be fair to my dad, this is where he had to flex his people management skills. He he did turn it around. He, he had a wonderful time at Yeovil. And um, I'd go as far to say my dad's, one of my dad's biggest regrets actually is, was leaving that club. Yeah. But as I said yeah. to you a moment ago, he did that because he, he wasn't prepared to move down then. Yeah, totally, right? Totally, 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 totally. He, he, he went to... Um, when when he was at Woking, I would mention it. I hope you don't mind. But he went back mm. when he went back to Woking. He went there. They he he stopped and saved him from relegation. Yeah. Uh, but I'd forgotten until we came to. I went to the Windsor reunion that um, Kevin Hill was there. Oh, was he? So Kevin, I'm ninety percent certain Kevin was the assistant at Win at Woking to Brian right. McDermott. Yeah. yeah Brian yeah. McDermott. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And when, and when I met. Kevin Hill at the um, reunion you kindly invited him to. I was too busy telling them how my sister used to fancy him. Um, obviously, I think he quite liked, although I think he was with his wife. Um, but, um, and then I suddenly remembered after that, I thought, actually, I think he was, I'm pretty certain he was at Woking with Brian McDermott. Um, Brian got sacked. My dad went in there and saved them for relegation because I think they were second from bottom. They were eight points behind the next club. And then the following season, it all went a bit pear shaped as these things often do. And Jeff Chappell came back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, listen, there was a news story 
and this would have been early 2000s and i and i don't know if if you remember this at all but there's a news story that was saying that like your dad was close to returning to stag meadow as a coach do you do you remember that at all i do um i think you i'm assuming he was in between probably management jobs or yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. I, I, what, what I could remember, to be honest with you, is, is between which, um, which ones. But I, 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 I seemed, I wasn't sure if that was in between him going to St Albans or somewhere like that, or it was when he went back to Woking as director of football. I can't remember. Um, but, but it, it was true as far as I'm aware, because mm. um, I do remember my dad mentioning it. Because I remember him saying to my mum that it, it might have been. Um, I can I put this not not a, not a step down, but but a, 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 a nice introduction back into yeah 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 no totally because you know, so, obviously when you leave a club you generally don't leave because you you know well you can and you get like like we talked about before but generally you might because things are not going quite so well that's just management mm. so I think it's true um, I don't know why unfortunately I can't I don't know why he didn't go but I've got a feeling the reason he didn't go was because of whatever that sudden opportunity arose was and I wish I could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember, I guess if we looked at, we knew the exact year. Yeah, um, I'll have to find it out. I'll have to find it out. Yeah, it may have been that that's when, because he went to, his scenarios and all this was weird, because he went there, and I think the guy's name was Stuart Cash. Right, yeah. He he was a, he, he was way. offered to give the job at the manager at St. Albans. He went there for two weeks, <laughs> saw how bad they were. They were bottom of the league and said, no, I saw this. And my dad was like, well, hold on a minute, I'm, I'm, I'm coming to work with you. Um, so even the way he ended up there is a bit just bizarre, really, out of the blue. Showing power of circumstance. Yeah. Power of circumstance. But, um, would he have gone back? I, th I think he would have enjoyed it, though. I think, you know... I was going to say, yeah, do you think he'd have loved to have gone back to wins of flight, you know, a final stint towards... Yeah, I, I, again, career. I don't... I, I've got to be careful because I don't want to make it sound like a, he, he was going to a retirement home by going there. Um, <laughs> but his last um, role yeah, in football was technical director... At Woking, um, yeah. where he got to work with Justin Edinburgh, who sadly passed yeah. away. Remember, yeah. um, one of the Gray brothers was it Frank Gray? It might have been. Right. Yeah. Um, he didn't really he enjoyed bits of it, but I could tell he wasn't quite as the spark wasn't quite there. He wasn't quite. Mm. He wasn't involved enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, in, in, in what was going on, and I, I, I think that um, to answer your question, I think he would have loved it, uh, and, and I, I, I wish he'd done it. Yeah, because um, um, we'd have we'd have liked it, and also I mean you don't know how these things work out. He could have got it; he might have been a disaster. But um, yeah, I think he would have liked it, and I think it would have been a better way to um, to then step away from football for him. Yeah, um, yeah. unfortunately, you know, we, we got to remember as well. To be fair, Mark, my dad was a lot older then. He wasn't, you know, he was still he was still the same man, but he was a lot older. And I I think without going into too much detail, I think some of the signs of his symptoms of what of his cancer maybe even start to show. Right near the end of his struggling career, so um, yeah, but yeah, I have no doubt you would have enjoyed it because why wouldn't you? Now, listen, some quick fire questions to wrap up. Um, and I ask this on every podcast, um. They're quick, but doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be easy. Albeit that you're obviously you're obviously going to be speaking on your dad's behalf. Yeah, so you can clearly just make it up. I've got my um, head in my head actually. But I've got my <laughs> camera, so you can't see. 
But did so number first one, did your did, like did your dad ever share um the bet who he felt was the best player that he ever managed or coached? He did actually. <laughs> um I, I joked to you a lot, didn't I? I could make this I could make something up here and go, oh yeah, it was um it, it was so and so. again, some of your other people you've asked this question to have struggled, and the, and the reason they've struggled is because there were so many good players. You know? mm. It's like when someone says, who's better, Messi or Ronaldo? You know, yeah, all totally, those right? 100%. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think, this, so I think first and foremost for Windsor, I think that um, you'd have to give honourable mention, if you don't mind me taking this slightly easy chicken arts here, Mark Biggins, Trevor Barron, Chris Yates, Kev Mitchell, Ross McCulloch. Yeah. Um, but I know that his, uh, his favourite ever player was Trevor Barron. Yeah. Um, I've got my own favourite player. You might want to know. I don't know. Tell him it. But but that's yours is Lance. Um, Cadug- yours is Lance Cadogan. I mean, that's no, it's not. Oh, interesting. All no, right, we'll not, on no, to, no, no, on to, no. But for, no. for Trevor, just quickly, yeah. um, because you mentioned earlier, like the best way to describe Trevor was gliding across the pitch. But yeah, to talk a bit more about Trevor, particularly for like some of the younger Windsor fans that may never have got to see Trevor play. Like just yeah, who do you compare him to? I don't know. I, and people might laugh when I say Virgil Van Dijk, someone mm. who who had a presence about them. Um, sometimes um, didn't notice them. Almost sometimes they 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 could clean tidy up difficult situations, reasonably quick for a tall player, but more more clever, very intelligent. I would say, um, good in the air, um, good in the tackle, good on the floor. So for his day, for the day. You know, he was about, he was ahead of, of of himself in that regards. And again, you know, those pitches, as we yeah. talked about earlier, were terrible. Yeah. Some of them. you know, even even again, watch the West Brom game. I know that's not that's not Windsor, but that's Trevor. Yeah, and that was a terrible pitch, and yet Trevor just made it look easy. You know, and then um, the weird, I don't even know this man, but he was quite a heavy smoker. No, I didn't uh, actually, Trevor. Um, and I don't recommend that to anyone, obviously. So if any children ever listen to this, please don't do that. Um, <laughs> But yeah, he, he was graceful. He was powerful, um, and um, yeah, you you know you try to kick players that youngsters might know these days. He wasn't your John Terry type of player, or your you know that kind of rough team. But he was he was just more like uh, for me more like a Virgil Van Dyke sort of type. Uh, yeah. By the way, I'm not Liverpool sport as I've always said, but there's someone who was I know that seems high praise, but um, it's just someone people might know. Uh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And I, he honestly he really was I watched him play as I said to you many many times again they're not the privilege of watching play for Woking uh, and he had played with a guy called A.D. Cowler who was also very good uh, yeah, um, and and the pair of them honestly and Trevor Sir Trevor sorry I should call him by <laughs> uh, by his right right name but yeah you know you know yourself Windsor had lots of great players didn't they I mean, Ke- I, mean I met Kevin Mitchell at the he um at the uh, reunion, and, and I hope he doesn't mind me saying, but I remember as a kid thinking how funny he was, and uh, that, like he hasn't grown up. <laughs> He's exactly <laughs> yeah. the same. Um, um, other players, I've just mentioned some, just in case you know them, but um, mm. Kevin Brown, who played at Yeovil and Woking and Aldershot, yeah. yeah, Darren Hay, Clive Walker, as a Chelsea yeah, fan, yeah, he signed yeah, Clive Walker. Yeah. That was odd, but he was bloody good. Lawrence Batty, goalkeeper Warren Patmore at Yeovil. Yeah, uh, and a guy called Steve Thompson, who played oh, yeah. uh, Slough, yeah, uh, Woking, Wickham, Yeovil. What a player! What a player! But but 
it's Trev, Sir Trevor, that he, I can promise you he was my dad's favourite yeah. ever. Love player. that. And what about you then? Come on, if it's not Lance Cadogan, that's got me intrigued. Well, as a kid, I was fascinated with Lance um, <laughs> uh, and loved him. I just, and I genuinely, I didn't meet, sorry, I'm going to talk a bit about that. I, I didn't meet, um, never met Lance Cadogan. Um, other than watching play, and he was my first hero, football hero, and I mean, I mean that. Um, so how bizarre! Many in 2010 uh, at my uncle Brian's funeral, uh, who my Brian, for those of you who know, passed away the same year my dad did. So they really were brothers to the end. Um, so I set me up here. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, and my dad went to great lengths to make sure that as many of the Windsor and Maidenhead players were at Brian's funeral. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and the way my dad conducted the funeral was brilliant because he did it like it was a dressing room. <laughs> but it was really weird for me because we came out at the end and and people were filing out of the um, crematorium. Yeah, and I hadn't seen exactly who was these players were, and then Lance Cadogan appears, and number one, he don't look any bloody different. <laughs> my recollection. So here I am. I'm at my uncle's funeral, which is obviously a, a terrible, sad event. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm done. It's just bizarre, and 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 then as you know, because you said you because you invited me to the, the reunion, I got to actually meet him, and I had my photo. I think you maybe him taking the photo. Think, yeah, we did. Um, he don't look any older. I remember him getting one story. I remember about Lance was just briefly. Sorry, um, we the players went to a hotel in Windsor, right yeah. near the castle, and I think they just yeah. won a cup or something. Yeah, or something. They won something, so we, they were celebrating. We all sat around these big tables, and Lance suddenly gets cramped. And I've never seen someone get cramped before. And he literally, like, it's, it's like I thought he was dying. Yeah, and I just, anyway, it was just a funny story. But sorry, to answer my question, because I'm waffling a little bit. Now, I am a Lippia, after all. <laughs> um, Mark Biggins uh, is my oh, okay. favourite yeah, okay. Windsor player. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I just, I just, he was like an enigma, I know, but I just loved him as a player. And I, 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 I saw him play for Windsor. I saw him play. Um, uh, for Woking, I saw him play it against because you you know they cut the the six three game. Yeah, yeah. So I was at that game. That was Woking. That was Windsor versus Maidenhead, I think. Was it? Right. No, uh, Woking is Windsor Woking. We were three 0 up. Yeah. Um. Obviously, Jeff Chapel was manager at Woking. Yeah. Um, yeah. And obviously, this is before your dad. I've just realised. Um. But yeah, so we were three 0 up. Uh, and ended up losing six three. Yeah, no, I was I, I was at that game. <gasps> I was at that game, but they took Mark Biggins off. That's right, correct. No, they, no it was they took Mark. No, it was Windsor took. I, I think I think Jeff was at Windsor. No, Jeff Mark was Biggins. woken. Jeff was woken, but Big O was at Windsor. Oh, okay. Well, they took they took Big O off, and then yeah. Woken brought on Richard Bazaglo, which is Tim Bazaglo's brother. Right. And I was stood behind the goal with my mum. I was there. Um, and they won 6-3 and we just couldn't stop laughing it was just ridiculous <laughs> anyway getting back to Big O never spoke to him uh, ever um, so I've no idea what he was like as a person my dad said he was as I hope you know if you ever watch this it's a bit strange in a way because sometimes and he might say this is complete nonsense but sometimes my dad thought like he'd be in the dressing room before the game he didn't want to play right so he was like a genius but he wasn't it's almost like he wasn't interested sometimes it was strange <laughs> And and but at the same time, you mentioned you asked the question about players that could play at a higher level. He absolutely could have played at a much higher level, and and yeah. he actually scored 
my favourite goal ever. And I mean ever that I've been to, where I've actually been there and seen the goal. And it was away, I think, at Telford for Woking. And he was given the ball just inside his own. And he was all Royal the Rovers stuff, this, just inside the, <laughs> our half. And he literally walked past the almost their entire team and then lobbed the goalkeeper. And um, he had a way of gliding past players and a strength which again was very evident if you watch that West Brom those West Brom yeah, highlights. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how well fondly remembered he is at Windsor. Yeah, I've, I've never met. I would love to meet him. I've never ever. I don't know anything about him. I've never met. Him. <laughs> so, yeah. Don't know. But he yeah. he's my favourite player. Yeah. Okay. Good yeah. choice. Good choice. Good um, choice. And Trevor Barron's my dad's. Yeah. All right. What about? Um, I don't know if you know this. Right? Like, was there a toughest opponent in terms of player yeah. um, that? You know, your dad was like, he he genuinely was an unbelievable player. Um, yeah, I, 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 I was looking at this from two, I think maybe the, the teams as well. So from a player's side, um, I, I struggled a little bit with this, but I, I came up with some names that I remember. Do you remember Carl Alford? Um, played up front. I think he played up front for Russian and Diamonds for a while. Yeah, that's, yeah. And yeah. I think he was at Yeovil for a little while. He was actually. Yeah. Not when my dad was there. Um, he was a good, strong I don't want to call him old-fashioned, but centre-half, yeah. centre-forward, sorry. And uh, he he scored a lot of goals against a team, any team my dad was involved in. Yeah. Um, uh, Warren Patmore, who my dad did, did manage at, at Yeovil and Woking. Yeah. Uh, again, another centre-forward, big, strong, um, scored the goal that knocked um, Notts County, I think it was, out of the FA Cup when, when, when um, Yeovil beat them. Yeah, uh, and a player I did mention earlier on, and 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 I think when uh, Woking played at Slough Town many years ago in the cup, I think it was the FA Cup. Woking won that game at Slough, and uh, Slough had a player called Steve Thompson, who I mentioned earlier, played oh, for. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, who was in the RAF? He was yeah. a, it was a PE, a physical instructor at the RAF. And yeah, you could tell because that guy could cover blades of grass like no one I'd ever seen before. Yeah. Um, went on to play for. Uh, Wickham Wanderers, um, very successful Wickham side. And, uh, and I remember my dad saying to me after that game, God, if we could ever sign him. Um, and he was a tough opponent, such a good player, dangerous, scored goals. Mm-hmm. And my dad said, you just couldn't mark him because you could, how could you mark him? Because he was playing he was everywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. So from a player's point, opponent point of view, I didn't know if you meant managers as well. So I just kept. Oh, no, go for it. Yeah, go for it. Um, yeah. Some of them are quite funny, actually. So, um, the first one is George Borg. Enfield? So, Enfield. Enfield and yeah. Aldershot yeah. Uh, and probably other clubs. Um, Woking played Enfield in the FA Trophy semi-final at Enfield. Wow. Uh, I think it was the second, I can't remember if it was the first or second game. Um, and anyway, long story short, George Borg had a fight with his own coach in the dugout. Um <laughs> And he was an aggressive little bugger, George Borg. And um, the funny thing about him was, was that I always assumed that George and my dad hated each other because there was such a rivalry. It was weird. Yeah. But actually, when um, my dad passed away, George was actually very, very kind about my dad and, and, and actually correct, you know, said, no, I had a great relationship with him. It was competitive. Yeah, you yeah. Know, and if, if our teams ever came up to, against each other. Um, yeah, and then the other one was the other two I just could mention. One was Martin O'Neill because he was a manager at Wickham. Of course, yeah. And I just put here what a live wire is. He was often getting sent off out of the dugout. Martin was like a <laughs> jack in the box, couldn't stay in the dugout. Mm. And the other one, which is just an in- and I just put interesting, was Graham Wesley. 
Do you remember Graham Westley? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was at Enfield as well for a bit, I think. He might have been, yeah. Um, yeah. And to be fair to them, they all, all of those, they weren't the only ones, they were the only ones I could think of. They all had good teams. Um, mm. and, and some of the bogey teams, or as you might call them, were often managed by those. I was going to say, like, what was the, was there a bogey side that you're oh, was there? always like, yeah. oh, I hate, yeah. I always get a crap result against them? Or... Yeah. I, I tried to sort of think, if you think what a bogey side really means and obviously it usually means they're a team that was hard to beat and you think oh we got them like you just said um but i also think there's more to it than that i think sometimes a bogey team is either because they play in a completely different way to you and you just can't cope or they're similar to you and on their day then maybe they're slightly better Mm. and and the example of that i'm going to give you i'm going to give you a couple but the first one that i can think of is stevenage so during the period when Woking were fighting for a pro- promotion into the National League, into the Football League, sorry, Stevenage were, were always that one step above them. They were always that one step. And when, and when they got those head-to-head games, they always got the better of them. Right. Uh, so they were bogey. Wicker Wanderers, um, Hayes, going away, playing away at Hayes. Well, I, I don't know. It didn't matter who Dad was with. That always seemed a tough place to go, which is funny because he played there with Brian. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say, um, yeah. Enfield, I mentioned, and George Borg, all the shot, you know, they, um, and the final one I put, I could think of was, um, it was really weird. I don't know if Windsor ever found this, but I know back then the pitches were terrible, but we sometimes woke and would go away and play teams, and they'd cover the pitch in sand. <laughs> and I remember playing away at a club. Do you remember the goalkeeper called Les Cleveley? Carl Shelton. Was it Carl? That was it. And they covered the pitch. Seriously, I don't know how they got away with it. We turned up, we needed a bucket and spade. It was unbelievable. <laughs> Yeah. The pitch was absolutely, and I remember standing on the sideline um, watching Clive Walker, who at the time was prolific for Woking, even though he's like 38, 40, whatever. <laughs> and he just, he literally, I remember him turning around to me because, and, and he, he didn't know who I was. He said, We can't plan this. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, it was weird. I don't know if Windsor, because it's like you, you know, now, nowadays, like I said to you, Windsor's pitch now is, is, is amazing. Totally yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally it's amazing. Yeah. Um, Way better than a lot of these pitches that that that, that we had before. But yeah, anyway, that there's some of my ideas or memories. I love, I it. Say. love it. All right, f- very final question. What yeah. would, what would you say when you look back at your dad's career? Like, what was his biggest? What was his biggest achievement? Like, was it you know what he achieved at? Um, well, it could have been Windsor, but at St Albans, I'm, I'm assuming St Albans Yeovil. But you know, what was his biggest? What do you think his biggest achievement was? Um, I think if you asked him. Yeah. Um, he would say, I've got an answer to this as well, it won't surprise you. Um, I think if you asked him, he would say getting St Albans promoted. Um, yeah. And the reason for that was, number one, that was directly after the season they nearly got relegated. Mm. Um, and by the way, I want to must mention the guy called Nick Roddice, who was a, a, an absolute star, great player, and turned out to be a great coach for my dad and a friend as well. Mm. Um, that, that he would tell you, that was his biggest achievement. And, and, you know, safe from relegation, didn't change the team that much, really. It wasn't mm, a big squad. Amazing. Not very little investment. And they, they they weren't ready for it, to be fair. They 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 got relegated, unfortunately, after one season. Um, but they just weren't ready for it. But it, it was just ridiculous. It, it it was just ludicrous. And I explained to you the scenario he arrived there at earlier when Stuart Cash, I think, was left after yeah, a couple yeah. of weeks. Um, but if you ask, so he would say that I can nail that, I can tell you he said that many, many times. Yeah. Um, I would say um, I, I always thought he'd be, I always sort of knew he'd be a good I, I always felt he would be a good manager but I, I, I would say his biggest achievement 
um, was probably that sustained period at Woking, which obviously again started with those wins and Ian players. Yeah, because to yeah. be that good for that long and then mm. rinse and repeat, it's, it's, it's the thing that Alex Ferguson, they all said about Fergie, wasn't it? So he would he would have success. I'm not comparing, look, don't get me wrong, I'm not comparing those teams to Man United or Alex Ferguson, but to, yeah, but, to, but, the, but at the same time, that's also relative, right? In terms of the yeah, level yeah. you're at. And, and 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 you know and and all you know so so that rinse and repeat process of continually churning out great teams, successful teams, mm. albeit didn't quite make it to the golden egg, um, and and I think that's his greatest achievement. And also, as I said to you back in those days, uh, and for a lot of his career and Brian's career, to be fair to both of them, they did this on their own largely. Mm. You know, they they had people eventually, and there are some names I've forgotten. I apologise to those people who did help my dad when he was manager. But when he was coaching all those years, he was doing that largely on his own. Mm. And that, that takes some doing. But I, I would end by saying I think his biggest achievement was really creating those years of memories for so many. Yeah. Um, and let's not forget that all of that started at Stag Meadow. Yeah, no, totally. Totally. And look, I know that he was in, he was always held in such high regard at, at Windsor. And I used to always remember when I used to go down there summer holidays and um, help out with painting and weeding and all those <laughs> fun jobs in the summer holidays. Um, but your dad would always turn up during the week for a coffee. Yeah, yeah. I was about to say I didn't know how I, I should. I don't know how well you knew him. I didn't know. I didn't. I didn't know him that well. Yeah, but I just yeah. always remember. I mean, I would have been about eleven or twelve. Um, yes. But he would. He would always turn up. So he was clearly bunking off for work, but yeah. Well, I used to catch him out sometimes in the car. Yeah, like, he, he would always turn up for a cup of coffee. Yeah, uh, that's, so. that's, that was definitely him. <laughs> yeah. Listen, Rob, thank you so much. I've, I've honestly, I've so enjoyed tonight. It's been, um, it's been brilliant, and I thought it was a really important episode to do, and that's why I wanted to reach out to you because your dad and and Brian as well, obviously you know, what, that they laid all the foundations at, at, at Stag Meadow of what, obviously what we went on to achieve as a club in, particularly in the eighties. So, you know, I really wanted to, to be able to share their stories. So. Yeah, it was such a, a such a genuine honour. And as I said, you know, to be very clear, this was a partnership at Windsor with dad and Brian. This was, you mm. know, Brian is every bit as, and maybe more in some scenarios, uh, to be credited with, with that success. Absolutely. And, um, as they say the good old days, but you know, life life goes moves on, doesn't it? It does, it does. But you know, it's important to keep the memories going. So that's absolutely. Uh, you know, it's been it's been great to have you on. Yeah, I appreciate it. I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, should we meet again next week? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll do part two next week. Um, and I might remember to... more. I've got a brilliant book here all about Windsor, Michael. Um, you know, um, that you might have heard of. Um, it's it's excellent. It's a really really good read. It's called uh, Wearing the Red and Green. <laughs> um, yeah, you, if you want to um, put in the gaps, anyone listening to me tonight, they're they're in this excellent book um, <laughs> written by some guy called Michael. Yeah, I think his name is. Um, yeah, but there, there's appreciate probably some fact checking to do in there. <laughs> yeah, appreciate that plug. Appreciate that plug. And listen to to all of you that have downloaded. Um, once again, thank you very much, and uh, we'll be back again in a few weeks with a with the next guest.